0: you're listening to data center therapy please take a number and an engineer will be right with you hey everybody welcome back to data center therapy a podcast from my consulting that talks all things it with a healthy dose of empathy i'm your host matt shipping container i barely knew her Yeti, and alongside me is my co-host
1: Matt Casalino. Where the where's my package? I'm I'm lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, each episode of DCT, we dive into the wide range of technologies that make up this beautiful sandbox called IT that we all play in. We share our hopes and dreams, opinions, both positive and critical alike, all with a touch of empathy, because at the end of the day, we all need to sit on that couch. Now, it's been awesome uh, to take a little bit of a breather, to be honest with you, from. This thing we call work, but i got to be honest, like I'm not doing any less work. Mr. Kaz, thank you so much for graciously and with aplomb hosting the pod for the last two episodes.
1: Absolutely. It's been a, a heck of a ride.
0: It was fun to produce it, I'm, and I heard some <laughs> of the—it didn't make the final cut. I it left it on the editing room floor, but some choice comments for me over some of those recordings, too. Just, <laughs> I Can't wait for Yeti to produce this. Da, da, da. So, yeah, I, I was out on paternity leave. I had my first daughter— um a month ago yesterday or tomorrow so she'll be a month old tomorrow and so you guys slipped a couple eps in good work yes and so uh now i'm i'm back gracing the airwaves so hopefully we can kind of slide right back in but that's not the biggest news here at all
1: at all it isn't
0: this is what episode 70 70 of these 70 Mm -hmm. of these and we've tried maybe not 70 times but close to it tried that many times to get a guest on this episode and we finally have wrangled him and um i'm super excited to announce our founder uh oh captain my captain (laughs) mr eric watson eric hello hello yeah so tell tell us uh, obviously, Eric and Alec own Ivoxy Consulting. We've had Alec on a couple of times. We've had Eric lined up, but things happen when you know you're the owner of the company. So life happens. Everything. It's been yeah. tough. Yeah. So we finally got him. We've got limited time, so we're going to try to get through this. We got a couple things to talk about, but first, Eric, if you wouldn't mind, um, bring out that vanity plate and shit. tell us all about yourself. oh uh, gosh, I'm mean, I'm happy to be here, and
2: um, I'm so happy that. Um, that you guys said we have 70 episodes now. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm normally the guy behind the scenes, you know, the wizard of oz behind the curtain that uh who wants to make sure that we have a, a pleasant environment for every everybody to to uh, enjoy working in Ivoxy and more importantly that our customers are super happy with all the things that we deliver to them. So so I'm proud so, to be as part of this uh this podcast and um you've asked once or twice but it certainly wasn't 70 times
0: it was <laughs> not 70 times no but and i and i gotta say this is not the suck up the brownos i promise i <laughs> I, I i would say this before i would say this without you on here is at, at ivoxy matt and, and matt would agree with me that we're we always feel defended and protected and supported by our leadership at, at the company and that's why in a career for me that spans over 20 years now, um, almost half of that eight and a half years has been with Ivoxy and I hope that's at least that much more in the future too. Um,
1: In in IT, there's a reason I've been here for a decade. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. With everything that changes in this industry, uh, Ivoxy, as as much as we've adapted with things, the constant is they support other consultants and the engineers, which we love. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Mr. Watson. Oh, you bet. Yes. So we wanted to talk about um, something that behind the scenes you're probably working on or feeling the pressure on more than most nowadays. And it's something that's affecting us all. And yet at the same time, we all feel so very helpless about it all. And that's the supply chain crisis that we're dealing with right now. Um, you want to maybe go into how we're positioned, Eric, with procuring product. What is what is Where does Ivoxy stand in the supply chain when it comes to, what our customers expect or or can expect from us
2: I think what's more important is um, well thanks for yeah, I guess, thanks for thanks for asking what's more mm-hmm. important is uh, how this affects our customers uh, right because we're all affected by this this global supply chain issue which is a, a secondary effect of the of the pandemic um, from China to the way that shipping is happening in the United States um, supply chain is affecting how we can get you know, rubber duckies, how we can get silicone wafers, it's it's, it's it's across the board. It's going to be an interesting Christmas for us. Um, but what we're seeing is um, normally when, when customers order equipment from us, we go to distribution, we place the order, and then um, sometimes it gets manufactured, sometimes it's in some warehouse somewhere, and then it'll get transported to the customer's loading dock. We go in and do the install, and everybody's happy. Now with these global supply chain problems, uh, the logistics, the, the global logistics are, to put it nicely, they're, they're all messed up. Um, and so distribution is giving us warnings, but they, they don't even have good estimates as to how long it's gonna take to, to, to manufacture things. So the message, the reason for this particular episode of Eric going on the podcast is to tell all of our customers and, and listeners if you have to order some some hardware, then, then plan way ahead and be wary of estimates from from I- anyone, IVoxy or, or other other um, providers of, of computer equipment because the global supply chain mess is just something that we're all subject to.
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, and being part of the tech you know air, uh, arena industry, and following blogs and this and that. One of the things that you know, and I've been an, an Apple product user, not a fanboy. I've used them all. I've written programs for them all, but oh, I've on settled now. on, uh, yeah, I've settled on <laughs> Mac OS as my work platform. And so, of course, you know, Steve Jobs is, is a, a visionary. Whatever you want to say about him personally, he was he was one of the most uh, momentous figures in IT history. And uh, now Tim Cook running Apple. One of his, you know, his big claim to fame was supply chain logistic genius extraordinaire. And to that end Apple has been seemingly seemingly almost unaffected by this just from outer outward now they've got there's they're they're signaling on their investment calls that they're having some challenges but they don't seem to be struggling so much with that um, but it but it seems like a lot of the supply chain for a lot of these companies have switched to a just in time I mean we don't have like you said you don't have inventory sitting on shelves that doesn't make anybody money. That just costs a whole lot of people, a lot of money having outstanding cold inventory. So we've gone to this more nimble supply chain and that works great until pandemic restrictions and, and then the demand that goes with it, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Everyone's switching to that or switched to that just in time, right? Yeah. Plane manufacturing everything. So, so
0: you've got that flow. Great. And then all of a sudden demand goes, you know what? I'm going to hit the pause button. Like a lot of our customers did hit the pause. Some of them accelerated uh, oh, but some of them took the uncertainty, right,
2: Eric? Yeah. I, there, there was a, a a gigantic shift when COVID happened. Um, the hospitality industry shut down, um, but uh, some of our customers were doing research for the uh, the back the the vaccine, and so spending increased. Some government agencies, um, as as things progressed through this, uh, their spending picked up. But it was a it was a shift.
0: Yeah. And it's I mean, a I think surge our, in some areas and a yeah. Yeah. Overall, Prop globally, numbers, yeah. overall, globally, I think like we saw the economy and, and employment numbers just just drop. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I, I I believe you know you saw it happen where all of these factories also probably said, well, you know what, shut it down for either mm-hmm. business reasons or COVID restriction reasons. Mm-hmm. And then when the when the faucet finally gets turned on, everybody wants to drink from it all at once. Mm-hmm. So you've got depleted inventory already. So the just-in-time is really strained. And now you've got ramp-up time. It's not like tomorrow things are back up and running full full bore either. It's like, think about programming, your productivity is bouncing along, and then manager wants to call the meeting. It takes a dive. You start it, another meeting in an hour, takes a dive. So that ramp-up had to happen. And now you've got everybody clamming for product and technology advancing where more things need chips when I mean, we heard about the cars last year right and that these mm-hmm. the used car market i've got one in my garage if anybody wants a car that i can now sell for three times as much by the way but <laughs> like the used car market's huge because nobody can get a new car because all of them have these you know processors chips and, ICs in them.
1: and they think for you yeah like, lane assist yeah
0: i don't want anything thinking for me because Sometimes I think I'm pretty dumb, but no one's as dumb as the voice assistants and all of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm still talking to my wife, and I hear my speaker go, "Uh huh, yeah, okay." <laughs>
1: I've had I've had Zoom calls pick up the the Google before.
0: You mean you mean it triggers Google?
1: Yeah, it's, it sits right in front of my speaker, so pops that, up. That's Did always you a mean? great
0: one. Okay, side so know, Eric, do you have a smart assistant in your home? Uh, not in my home, but I do have my phone, so.
1: Yeah. yeah, we all we all do. It just happens uh, to live in our pocket, yeah. right? It's yeah. Sounds pocket. like a true
0: Android user, Mr. Castellano. Uh,
1: you know what? The are the same. They do the same thing.
0: Everybody's listening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they but,
0: are. Eric, you touched on planning ahead. Um I think that really is as strong as it's ever been. It's always been part of our workflow in that um, we have conversations with customers and it's and and very often it's the customer also saying, "Look, I've got this coming up in the next year, the next three years, the next five years, my plan. And I think while everybody has to have that conceptually, it almost feels like the next six months to a year, you have to have mapped pretty firmly. Because if you want something to happen in the next year, you almost have to act now. Um, You know, not picking on any specific... You know, vendor partners of ours, but I mean, we see lead times of two, three hundred days sometimes on some equipment,s mm-hmm. hard to fathom. But mm-hmm. it's just, and there's nothing we can do about. It. I wish there was. Um, but like Eric said, it's, we're not, we don't hold inventory. Um, you and, know that way. And neither do the majority of our competitors
2: either. So it's just, it's, it's a just-in-time environment, right? Like you said, right?
0: I mean, that's, I mean, costs are kept low that way. If if we had a, you know, the warehouse and security and insurance and inventory, there's that's a that's a huge float too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you were saying something when we were talking previously, Eric, about um, interest rate rates have stayed low too. So it it kind of it kind of begets uh, a goose to the economy as well. Is that correct? Yeah, with low interest rates, the um,
2: the decision making of these, these these organizations, these companies to uh, to to purchase equipment is still high, right? So if I if I can buy something and 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 finance it today. Then, gosh darn, I'm gonna because interest rates are, are unfathomably low, and the Fed is holding that that to keep the economy going.
1: Mm-hmm. So, do you do you see us getting more purchases, more more orders coming in because of that, or is that
2: uh, that's what we've seen in 2021? Uh, significant okay. amount of increased spending throughout 2021, even though it feels like the the economy's soft. The economy's roaring because of low interest rates. When the Fed okay. raises interest rates, um, hopefully um, uh, spending will continue.
1: But how does, that, see. how does that affect us? Because um,
2: how does that affect the customers, can, or how does it affect Ivoxy?
1: I guess I guess both. Uh, if if I decide to buy something now in the end of the year, do I do I can I keep that same interest rate? Can I keep that same price, even though it's going to be Six months 12 months before I get my product like how's that? How's that translate? I need to put the order in now to lock that Lock that price in I decided to buy my house. So I locked my interest rate in is that kind of the
2: well It's, it's the same idea as uh, if if you purchase a home with a variable interest rate or a fixed interest rate um, if you were to purchase equipment most um, equipment leases or, or Financing vehicles are fixed interest rates. So so buy equipment now Um, because a year from now, I don't think you're going to be able to see the same rates.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. And you just, you just went through a refinance, right? Cause you're going through it right now. Yep. I went through one a year ago this time. Um, and now it it almost makes sense to do it again, but (laughs) which I can't believe, but I, I don't think I'll be doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of that it's usually a capital, large capital purchase that requires financing to certain, certain customers just buy it outright. Right. Eric, they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily finance or or if they do, it might not involve us. They just might do that on their, on their side of things. Correct.
1: I guess that's kind of a question of, um, being the engineer, being the one that doesn't deal with money. Usually I'll just throw stuff at the, I'll throw the right product, the right solution at my account manager. And he deals with all of the money stuff. Right. Um, I, I'm under the impression we don't, bill for hardware until it lands on your doorstep or until it ships or something like that so that's kind of my question is if it it, if it takes six months to ship does that change what their financing is going to happen or do they start paying if someone's going to finance something oh i see yeah that's a good
2: question so when a customer orders something their invoice um, is is sent when the equipment arrives okay Um, so if we have logistics that it's in route and it's going to take say two days to ship from georgia to some place in in olympia then we could potentially invoice a day ahead but the, in, the invoicing is it for us is based on when uh, when it's going to arrive so okay. if a customer orders something today because actually we've seen some things with lead times of gosh like three four months so we've got po's in hand and we won't, won't be able to invoice yep. some some yep. of them until say march uh,
0: another challenge that we were they were talking about and thinking was um in episode 63 we had doug abbott who is cisco's lead security investigator for the supply chain right mm-hmm. and and a lot of that is really kind of like pick that up and apply that filter to this episode because with the with the supply you know let's say you've got you're waiting 200 days for a pair of switches a very potential realistic scenario what,
1: what can i get sooner
0: right right and oh uh, hey i've got this cisco yeah it's in an alley yeah it's out of my trunk but i promise wink wink it really is a cisco switch mm-hmm. and you know you know let's say someone goes for that um we already talked about the concerns with um product integrity supportability you know cisco is going to say no that's an illegal product that's in that if that turns out to be the case mm-hmm. but um i think you know those those are massive things those are deal breakers of course biggest thing for me right now above all is security absolutely i mean there there is absolutely no limit to the amount of uh avenues that 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 malicious hackers are trying to get into your network to ransom Mm -hmm. your data and if you buy a cisco switch out of a trunk and and i'm just picking on cisco this could be anybody you buy a cisco switch and it, let's say it works great, but who's to say there's not a back door in there that now there's somebody in the, in your network? I mean that's what worries me about uh, counterfeit equipment more than the supportability. Supportability is important, right? Legitimacy is important, but I think the security aspect scares me the most.
1: You don't know where it's been. We don't have a chain of custody of this this piece of equipment.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, but and, and that's to say is if something's too good to be true, supply chain everywhere. You know, because this again, Eric said, affects everybody. This mm-hmm. is not some somehow. Oh, I've got a line on the Cisco equipment. Well, turn a side eye to that if that's the case, because something might not be uh, up, up and up if that's the case. Um, but it's it's uh, it's just difficult because needs are needs, right? So mm-hmm. you have to balance that. And you know, certain vendors might have. It all depends on demand for a product too. If it's a niche product, you might be better off. Mainline product, you are probably waiting in line. It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to find that balance because what your company needs is usually what it needs. But at the same time, I think the, the nice that part about what we do at Iboxy is we are not just bulk product. We are not bulk product movers at all. Not just. And we're not bulk product movers. We're not, hey, we just sold a million dollars. Dust my hands off. Good. We're moved a million bucks. I don't care if it's, you know, shoelaces. That's not our approach whatsoever. Um, and, like, again, to pick on Cisco just because they're a great example with a huge product tree. Yeah, they do you need a lot of expertise to suss out exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. What do you want? Okay. Well now you've got these options and these might be the better way to go. Um, it's very possible that there might be an alternative product option and this applies to all kinds of our, you know, product solutions. Um, and I think we're well versed to say, Oh no, what you really need, you could also have this option. It might be the same cost, might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less, but it, it, it satisfies your needs and you can get it here, you know, three months earlier you know, we're, we're plugged into all of that too. So Ooh. it's been uh, it's been an interesting exercise for our consulting team because we've had to uh, look and use how quick can I get it as a factor where before that just wasn't, it wasn't something I cared to worry about. Right.
1: That that does kind of just change the requirement tree, right? How long it is, is, is a requirement tree.
2: And, and everybody is affected by this. The big companies, the small companies, um, there, there's availability and the time to manufacture. Whether it be a, the behemoth the Cisco or a tiny little, a little company that's just a startup, they're all affected, in one way or the other, by global supply chain. Um, one nice thing about global supply chain is software. So if there's a way you can solve a problem with software instead of hardware, then consider mm-hmm. that now. The, um, mm-hmm. You know there, there are immutable things, that you still need. A spinning disk or some some sort of media to store your equipment on you still need a server. You still need cables running in and out of your um, it, it, Your your building um, But if there's anything that you can do in software now's the time to consider doing that
1: That's absolutely one of the ones um, that I find when I'm having conversations with customers these days is like we we're talking about changing the requirements I need to accomplish X Y and Z uh how quickly i can get this product is now a legitimate requirement um or or maybe not now but uh, a more legitimate requirement and oftentimes like you just said that's that's one of those ones where i'll say how about we do a virtual whatever how about we do a software-defined thing or whatever and swap that out for something that we can run in code so I don't have to wait for a box to get from point A to point B. I can just deploy a, a software solution and, and solve that for, for a customer.
0: Yeah, and that, that sets us apart, too, is that we're, we're solutions designers, ultimately. And that mm-hmm. solution is not is usually not just, here's a product, there it is that fixes your problem. End of story. It, it involves a, you know, a project plan or some creative designing to make the most of the resources that either you already have or you'll be procuring or both. And I, you know, that's where I think we have a, uh, a vested interest in making sure our cu- our customers are happy and that's leveraging our talent and skill and experience to make do with what you have first and foremost. If, you know, if the product is not the silver bullet, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's potentially a little bit of room for some benefit to come out of this. Um, knowing that some of this equipment is going to take, however long to to show up and arrive it kind of facilitates the ability to have some more planning have some more preparation do some more work up front to get um get a design and a better solution to get a uh, a bunch of prep work done up front for when this equipment finally happens so i think that eventually we're going to be you know doing all this prep work and then just cranking projects out
0: another thing that that comes to mind in in that time that might be i don't want to say free time right everybody's super busy with different things now it's just you've just shifted your focus but mm-hmm. um one of the things that that we've really been bearing down very very intently on here in recent couple of years would be security obviously at iboxy and uh we've always historically done things like workshops where we'll we'll kind of pow and whiteboard and talk about you know plans on a high level and conceptually what would you do well, uh, one of the things we've been doing recently are uh, basically ransomware, uh, ransomware exercise assessments where we can sit down and talk and say, okay, the bomb goes off today. What do we do? And I think we've seen some customers, unfortunately, run through the scenario. And it's such a shock that there, there, is, there is a lag in actually getting the wheels turning on the recovery plan. Mm -hmm. And that's what we can help with because one, we have an objective viewpoint, right? We know what the right moves are in terms of, in terms of the the main pillars that need to come up. We traditionally have a good familiarity with our customers' environments. And we, we, you know, where the bodies are buried a lot of times um, and we know where to, you know, to look for things. And ultimately we can have a level head and sit down in a non-emergency, non-emergency scenario, And say okay here and end up with a documented plan to say here's who you call here's the first thing you do here's the second thing you do here's the third thing you do and that will keep that RTO that recovery time down to as close to zero as possible rather than losing four five six seven eight days of business because the first two days were just a complete fiasco of who do I call and start you know calling everybody you've got limited bandwidth and we can we can not only help plan that out but we can be called in to help should it happen, God forbid, also.
2: Yeah, we're seeing oh. so much activity with security, with ransomware and, and malware. And I think it, part of it is the, the growth of AI that um, these bad actors can set machines up and have them go do stuff automatically. So it takes mm-hmm. less, less human labor to go and try to hack into people's systems, whether it be email or file servers or attack printers that are still hanging on the network. Them.
1: combined combined with the fact that from a, a business point of view from a where we sit in the environment being the quote-unquote good guys we're always paying playing catch-up to whatever mm-hmm. bad actors are doing right
2: mm-hmm. add that with the human <clears throat> factor of human beings are trusting they're mm-hmm. trusting Judy in accounting wonderful human being she doesn't know not to click on that email because it looks like it comes from mm-hmm. her her manager you know, click on this or send me this credit card information or wire me this money. It's, it's mm-hmm. happening rampantly and all of us need to be aware of it. And the, you know, the, the smartness of artificial intelligence, the ease of using those tools and how how much as humans we trust things that we see in email or on the Internet, It's it's a perfect storm.
0: And I think it goes back to our roots at Ivoxy and that uh, day one, we didn't sell a single product. Is that right, Eric? I mean, we were, we were training mm-hmm. and, and knowledge transfer on this whole virtualization thing. And it, it kind of organically grew up from there. Hey, a proper high availability cluster needs storage, and it needs compute, and it needs switches. And then the solutions that go into those products or that those products enable is where we've really built on top of that foundation and grown our strength. Now is the time to... If you can't procure a product, let's look at what processes can be improved. Let's improve Mm -hmm. security. Let's improve the infrastructure that might not be throwing a piece of hardware at it, but that doesn't mean your work's done because you throw a piece of hardware at it too. So I think it's a good time to do, you know, to examine that as well.
1: If we've got to wait, let's do some of that documentation. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you see? uh, Look into your crystal ball, Mr. Watson. And... uh, we're not going to put you on CNBC or C-SPAN or anything like that. But <laughs> do you have a, do, you, do you see a way out? Of, do you see this letting up anytime soon? The global supply chain issues. I guess yeah.
2: Um, it, they they have to, um, but it's going to take a while. It's it's going to yeah. take a while. the The manufacturing in China has slowed, and part of that is just politics in China. I'm doing a lot of reading about this. the um, The China Chinese government is holding the price of electricity. Uh, fixed, however, um, the price of coal is shooting up. So some of these um, these power producing plants are are shutting down because they're feigning um, inoperability because they can't run at a loss. And so less electricity means less ability for the chip manufacturing plants to actually make the chips, right? And so when there when there's a vacuum or or a latent demand, then this global economic m- machine, this global economic organism will, will move to correct, but it's going to take a while. You can't, you can't build a chip manufacturing plant in, in Denver overnight. It, it, it'll take a while.
0: Like there's you said, even when the fix is in, check. yeah, even when the fix is in, there's still a backlog of problems that needs to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. chip away at.
2: Yeah. Cause this yeah. problem started when the pandemic started a year and a half ago.
0: And right. we didn't feel it immediately for a while, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it, we, it which is, funny so it's going to take a similar probably upswing to to get out of it even after it's quote-unquote fixed yeah ripples well mr watson i i gotta say this has been super enjoyable i'm really glad to finally have you on i hope it's not another 70 before we we can get you on again oh yeah let's do this again this was fun with a happier topic though right we want like supply chain celebration as the topic (laughs) not issues or or you know crisis let's think of the next one yeah yeah matt matt appreciate it um yeah let's absolutely do this again yeah, great. Thanks. Well, Mr. Kaz, it's good to be back on the regular with you.
1: Thank you. Take a little bit of the, a little bit of the workload. Yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, I'm going to have another coffee and go say hello to, as Jamie Tart would put it, my sexy little baby. For Ted Lasso <laughs> fans out there, Mr. Watson, watch Ted Lasso. Watch it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Data Center Therapy. We'll catch you next time.